That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Harry, just go down to the lake tomorrow, right? Stick your head in. Yell at the mer people to give back whatever they've nicked and see if they chuck it out. Best you can do, mate. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 26, The Second Task. Right, so it's, it is the second task of the Triwizard Tournament, and Harry has to fetch his wheezy from the bottom of the lake. Is Harry prepared for the second task well ahead of time? No. Does he eventually figure it out? No. Does he make it happen all by himself? Absolutely not. Does he get bonus points for being a headstrong idiot? You know it. Welcome to the restricted section where we will kidnap your most beloved friends and put them somewhere they can't breathe. Unless you join Patreon. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm feeling jovial because i'm joined today by my true blue best good buddy andrew say hello to the listeners andrew hello and i'm incredibly excited because this week's special guest is the indefatigable taylor from of the eldest gods that's all i'm giving you for her introduction you know taylor by now come on say hello to the listeners taylor hello i still exist maybe I, yes. we're if so you proud join the you. Patreon, I won't come kidnap your child. <laughs> Our promise to you. <laughs> so if you join the Patreon, no kidnapping. Now, we have no intention of kidnapping any children, but we definitely won't kidnap your children if you do join the Patreon. <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, if we had a producer on the line right now, they'd be like, stop, stop. Legal doesn't like that. But we don't have legal. I'm the producer and everything is chaos. <laughs> So we have like a lot of announcements and I'm not sure where to begin. So let's start at the beginning. Happy birthday, Taylor. Oh, yeah. My birthday exists. I am another year older. I am a whole 24. Yeah, your birthday's tomorrow. Today. Today? Damn it. Yeah. Leela and I are back to back. So your birthday's today. Okay. So what day is it? It's today. So happy freaking birthday. That leads me into my next announcement, which is happy birthday, Leela. Yeah, I would have invited her on this episode, but I had to have her on last week to chat with Madeline Bundy from Puffs. So happy birthday, Leela. We love you, babe. Her birthday is tomorrow. Um, also, happy birthday. I'm almost done, I swear to God. Happy birthday to Brooke. Woo! <laughs> Brooke's birthday was this past weekend, and she is uh, doing great. I don't know. <laughs> it was like a weird... <laughs> she's doing I'm sure great. she's doing fine. <laughs> For God's sake, Brooke, please be doing fine. <laughs> Her birthday was three days ago. That's like the worst time of year when your birthday was three days ago. <laughs> But happy birthday to all of my beloved Pisces. I don't understand the month of February. There's always so many birthdays for being the shortest month. 
Okay, so two minus nine is negative seven, which it's is May. September. Wait. No, it would be May. Because <laughs> twelve minus seven is five. Is May? So the weather gets nice, you're feeling sexy, you it's fuck your spouse, baby. you make a baby. That baby's born in February and is a Pisces. That that's what happened with my nephew, yeah. His birthday's two days after mine. <laughs> I was a test tube baby. Oh, interesting. And two months early, so Whoa. I should have been born in April. Oh my god. Do you ever think about like what if you were an Aries or whatever? I think that's an Aries or a Taurus. I can honestly say I have never thought that in my life. I'm not talking to you. But Pisces are like a combination of all of the previous horoscope signs, zodiac signs. So you do have some Aries and some Taurus in you. Theoretically, yes. Okay, um, we're moving briskly on because we also have another announcement, announcement on announcement on announcement. It's really hard to say that. It's not as easy as sex on sex on sex. (laughs) Announcement number, what number are we on? Four? Four, I think. This is our 100th episode of the restricted section. Oh my gosh. There's just so, there were so many coincidences. The stars align. Tina and I got into a PM like three months ago. And yeah. I was like, oh shit, it's coming out on my birthday. And she was like, oh shit, it's the 100th episode. Oh shit. Oh shit. The second test happens on February 24th. Yeah. And it was just our, like boom, boom, boom. That's our final announcement that the second task l- canonically takes place on February 24th, which is tomorrow, which is Leela's birthday, which is one day after Taylor's birthday, which is one day after our 100th episode. Did we plan any of this? No. (laughs) No, we didn't plan any of it. It just happened because the gods have shown their bright light down upon us. See, if you wouldn't have taken that break. I know. This wouldn't have happened. I know. I think about that all the time. Thank the gods. If that isn't motivation to get my pals out there listening to take a break i don't know what is because someday you too will have a 100th episode birthday um second task bonanza (laughs) can that be the title i know theoretically it's supposed to be the title of the chapter but i'm too lawful dude i can't do it our 100th episode birthday stravaganza spectaculare (laughs) yes yeah, so all these many things, we're celebrating so much this week, which is why I'm drinking red wine. It's not very celebratory, but I had champagne last weekend and I'm going to have champagne again this weekend. So I can't also do champagne in the middle. It's that's it's going to reduce my, uh, wait, it's going to heighten my tolerance. Oh, yes. I was like, I, that's how booze works. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, it is, but not really over the course of like one week. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't think the week is going to uh, ruin ruin your booze intake. I actually um was just, I was like worried that I would like lose my taste for like brute. <laughs> if I have it three times in one week, like I fucking love bubbly alcohol, but I was worried that even I would like not want it by this weekend. But I'm making a whole batch cocktail for Leela and Brooke and Taylor's combo birthday party. <laughs> So we're, I mean, we're talking about the second task today, homies. This is, this is all I wanted to talk about in this book. So this is a very, a pretty long um, chapter. A lot of stuff happens and it's extremely actiony when you get to the end of the actual task part. It's extremely actiony. And so I was thinking about how in actiony chapters, it turns into me reading what happens and there's not a lot of room for commentary. 
because Harry is just doing stuff and stuff is happening and there's not like a ton of room for commentary. So whenever something happens, especially once we get to the second task and there's like not much to say about it, we're going to rate every single one of Harry's moves (laughs) on a scale of (laughs) one to 10. Everything he does, we're going to rate it on a scale of one to 10 to spice it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. All All right. right. We we can play this game. (laughs) You can't think about it though. You got to just give it. Should we keep a running tally? (laughs) Yeah. If we do them all out of 10, I want to know the, uh, the running average that Harry had and then which of us thought Harry did better and which of us thought Harry did worse. Okay. I can do that. I can do that in post. I'll do that while I'm editing. I'll make a pie chart. Oh, good. I don't, I don't know if a pie that, chart's appropriate. That's not the right chart. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the effort, though. I like the effort. Yeah, pie charts are just prettier. They are. So the chapter starts with Harry, Ron, and Hermione in charms class. Harry's sharing the events of the previous chapter, which, as a reminder, were fucking hilarious and incredibly dramatic. Obviously, the conversation devolves into, was it... Was it Snape who put my name in the Goblet of Fire? At, at this point in the books, it starts to get to that, like, and it's going to stay on this path a long time, but it gets to that point where it's anything happens. A donut falls off of a plate in the middle of the Great Hall. Why did Snape throw that donut, said Ron. <laughs> Snape doesn't even touch donuts, said Hermione. I think Snape touched a donut to eat one one time, says Harry. And so I think Ron's right, that that donut was thrown by Snape. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the Filch Peeves thing. Yep, Everything exactly. is Peeves if Filch sees something wrong. If something is wrong, it is always Snape to the boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, and in fairness, if something goes wrong, Snape's first reaction has and will always be Harry. So, like, I get it. Like, Harry kind of comes to that honestly with, you know, letting Ron always lead him to it being Snape. But it's definitely mutual. You know? It's true. It's true. Okay, so <laughs> here's the crux of the first half of this chapter. How does one breathe underwater for an hour? Very carefully. Very carefully. This is a great example of why they should not have let a 14-year-old participate, no matter what a judgmental old cup said about it. Yeah, well, either that or this is one of those areas where I don't know about y'all, but I was really surprised, especially the first time reading through it, that this was an issue, right? Because it seems like such a classic, like, spell to have. Like, I can breathe underwater. And, like, there is an obvious answer, which makes it really weird that they have so much difficulty finding said obvious answer. Okay, so you're talking about, like, the gillyweed is the obvious answer? Well, I mean, we know of at least three very viable answers. I feel like the bubblehead one is probably the most obvious So the transfiguration, I'm glad they didn't really consider that because they have never transfigured humans before. And even Crumb, who's much older than Harry, has a hard time with it. The bubble heart-headed charm was the thing to look for. And they're in charms class when they're talking about it. They're fucking in charms class. And that's why two out of the four do it. The gillyweed is also something that I expect he should have encountered in his research. Why not research plants that could help you wouldn't that seem like kind of obvious like that's how you make potions and stuff well and you would think maybe maybe i'm being weird here but if i were harry in every single one of these tasks as soon as i had any idea what the fuck i was supposed to be doing i would be going to every one of my professors and being like so 
hypothetically speaking, if I wanted to go pearl diving and had to had to stay down there for a long time. He's not a Ravenclaw. He's not smart. He's not a Slytherin. He's not resourceful. Okay. He's just a Gryffindor. And if he can't bravely bluster through the answer on his own, he's going to suffer in silence. You can't stay underwater on bravado alone. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it will work until the end of your life. So, it, yeah. <laughs> but it, which will be drastically shorter than it would have hey, been. Hey, but it still worked for that, that tiny bit of time. <laughs> Well, and I do love that Harry has no intention of, like, faking it. He's just like, I'll have to go down there and tell them I can't do it. And there's also, I don't remember exactly where this this gets said, but I love when it's like, I think Ron is the one who's like, just walk down there, stick your head under the water, yell down at them to throw it up to you. And if they don't, say love you. Which is so much funnier when you think about the fact that it is Ron who who yeah. is the item. Yep. Yeah, because he would have had a different Just, answer if he'd known. <laughs> Just yeet me to the surface, bro. It'll be fine. Really quickly, one of the things that I, I thought was hysterical or that I loved about this is that Charms classroom that we start in, right? Is that not what you imagine every class at Hogwarts to be like besides Snape's? And just, maybe McGonagall's just absolute fucking chaos. Absolute and- chaos because they're doing the opposite of the summoning spell. They're doing the banishing spell. And so they're trying to like banish uh, cushions, cushions into a box. Flitwick probably was like, I'm very smart. This won't hurt anybody. But Neville is a terrible aim. And so he the narrative is like he keeps accidentally banishing heavier things. Like, for example, Professor That's Flitwick. <laughs> At least there's pillows everywhere, so when Flitwick goes flying across the room, he's going to have a soft landing. Yes. The, the the thing that is also so great about it is, like, how long has... I mean, Flitwick's been teaching here for years, ge- like, generations at this point. Like, I bet a part of him enjoys it. I bet a part of him loves, like, the, that's, the craziness. That's his brush. Right. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, guess what tomorrow is? Flitwick, we don't give a shit. We know it's the banishment day. Flitwick, yeah, we don't give I'm going to be flying around. Like, you can do that anytime you want. Yeah, but this time, it's the yearly time. that It's like eating cake. Like, you can eat cake if you're an adult any day you want. But the day that it's, like, meant to happen, that's when it's best. And so the day that, like, Flitwick gets to be tossed around and just thrown around magically like crazy, ah, best day. That's why he doesn't change it. He taught for over 30 years. Uh, charms. I can't keep my brain from wondering if, uh, you know, according to your logic that he enjoys it, if he also enjoys it in the bedroom, because it wouldn't be hard to find a partner who could throw you f- throw Fluick around a little bit in the bedroom. And some people really enjoy that shit. We aren't here to kink shame. Hey, as long as it's consensual. that's all For sure. Do. Being thrown around is great, but it's better if you're smaller. Let me put it you that way it's easier that's for sure yeah yeah easier did i say better yeah you said better well you know it is better because then they can actually do it correctly (laughs) sinking to the ground being like oh god i shouldn't have gained all that covid weight and you find yourself jumping along with it like yeah throw me You banished yourself in the opposite direction. <laughs> I banished myself in a fit of passion. That That's what happened. <laughs> okay, Flitwick and Aragorn 
trying to break into the restricted section and there's a moat and they cannot possibly cross it. So Floic is like, Toss me. And Aragorn's like, God damn it. No, every fucking time you do this, I always see the boner. It's always there. You wear robes, dude. It's fucking obvious. And I have to jump and then I climb up. And you know what's really awkward? Climbing up and seeing the boner that you gave someone by throwing them across a gap. I'm just going to say it. It's fucking weird. <laughs> That's my th- my throw me boner. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you propose? And he's like, I'm going to throw you. I'm just not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame. I'm just here to kink ask why. Kink why? I'm just saying you knew this was coming and you were looking forward to it. Also, I swear to God, if you moan when I throw you this time, I'm going to be mad. Keep that to yourself. If you moan when I throw you, I'm going to miss on purpose. It's going to be a much bigger throw. You're going to fall a long way. I'm just screaming. I'm just screaming out of fear, out of actual fear of throwing. Yeah. Let me do my imitation of your fear. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, I have to stop. I have to stop us. We have so much to get through to be making so many sex jokes so early. I'm sorry. Okay. It's quite all right. Okay. So how does Harry breathe underwater? They start going to the library all the time looking for answers. There aren't any answers. Harry gets a note to visit the restricted section. And you're telling me that fucking Madam Prince is sitting there like, I don't know. Pence. Pence. I always do that. Madam Pence is sitting there like, bro, I I got no clue. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. Oh, water, uh, keeping head under the water? Whoa. Okay, she is not usually very helpful, but, like, I think she could do any... I just feel like he's, like, it's against the rules to ask, which is so dumb. But I think if I were Harry, I would probably look for a book about, like, elemental magic or something. I'm sure they have a book about water magic. I have a book about water folklore. Why wouldn't they have a book about water magic in that school? Or, like, a book about sailing. Because, like, if you're looking at a book about magical sailing, it's going to be yeah. like, well, what do I do if I go overboard? Magical well, I, th- I think that's an interesting um, thing they do in the movie. Because I have seen all of the movies since I was last on. I actually ah. know what happens in the movies. And this time I could hear them all. Sorry that we made you watch the first one on my couch while we were all screaming. It's okay. It was I was not with it that night. Anyhow, I had had a lot of alcohol. Um, yeah. It was fine. Um, I have that effect on people. It's interesting that they use Neville because they use somebody who actually has knowledge in an area different than the three of them. Mm. I do like what they do with Dobby here. Don't get me wrong. I prefer that. But it's like, back to what you were saying earlier, literally talking to anybody else who might have a knowledge set different than the ones y'all have. Well, in like... To be honest, like talking about the difference between the book and the movie, this is one of the few times that I think, and I, I like I said, this is a hot take, but I honestly think the movie is more, it's a better way to do it. Because here's the thing, Dobby at this point in the series has not made good decisions. <laughs> well, and it does say in the narrative of this chapter, it's like, I remember the last time he tried to help me and he almost yeah. killed me. And you're going to trust breathing under, you're going to eat anything that Dobby gives you. Yeah. Like, I I love him to death. He's one of my favorite characters, but I'm not going to take a, what looks like a handful of worms and like, okay, Dobby, thanks. I'll, no. 
Well, and it's, we sort of skipped over this, but, like, he even talked to Hagrid. And I feel like Hagrid might have had any sort of idea. But he kept it to himself, just like he did with Hermione. And it's like, you motherfucker. Yeah, just What do is anything. wrong with you? Do anything. And the only person he wants an answer from is Sirius. And Sirius just gives him the one line. And it's like, he's in hiding. What do you expect from him? <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's a lot of different ways Harry could have tried harder at all. And about the Dobby thing, it's also, for for the movie's sake, it's worth remembering that they, he has a whole, like, plot line. I mean, the, the house elves have this whole plot line in this book that they don't get in the movies, which is a choice I agree with. But we don't get to see Winky. We don't get to see Dobby again. So when he pops up in movie eight or seven, it's like, okay, where have you been? And so, like, bringing him in here in the movies would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, that is true. Because they don't talk about how he works at the school. But yeah, the days start slipping and they don't stop slipping until there's only two days left before the second time. See, that's the thing is it's like, okay, like, maybe try to take care of it yourself until there's two weeks left. And then maybe start asking other students until there's one week left. And then maybe start asking some of the teachers you're comfortable with. And then, like, when you're two days left before the test, you ask every single person you run into in the hallway. Like, you go straight to the top. You go ask Dumbledore. I'd ask fucking Draco, just like, hey, dude, what you got? <laughs> what an asshole. How the fuck would you survive underwater for an hour, huh? I'll kiss you if you tell me. <laughs> and, I, and like, this is the one time, the only time that Harry follows the rule. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not allowed to talk to people. Well, you're already talking to Ron and Hermione. So, yeah, exactly. He even gets a note to, to go to the restricted section yeah. in this chapter, um, which I just I'm repeating that because I don't think we gave it a proper shout out when I mentioned it earlier. But they go to the restricted section in this chapter. Yeah, Wait, the what, restricted what section. Whoa. It's the name of the podcast. Uh, oh, that see. I thought we had gone with Harry Potter magical fun time for like, dude, I knew we should have put the name of the podcast in the theme song i knew it ah, i forget now oh damn it Fuck. people have no idea yeah Sirius writes a letter asking for the date of their next hogsmeade visit i don't care right now i don't care harry cares a lot which he shouldn't because i as the reader don't care about this right now um i'm doing something else the title of the chapter is the second task i don't want to write my godfather a letter about something else <laughs> that's something not related which it is funny that like literally the only reason that we get that is because she's like Hey, get ready. You're going to get another Hogsmeade chapter. Like, and it's like, we don't care. We're, re we're second task. There's only three of these in the book, like in the whole series, probably. You know, it's so much more exciting. But she's like still tempting us to like, hey, get that sweet, sweet Hogsmeade action. Like, fine. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Hogsmeade. And actually, they barely even go to Hogsmeade. Yeah. When they visit him, they go like past Hogsmeade. But we don't know that yet. We, we, we only we, we don't read ahead here. It's true. We don't read ahead. We have no and idea what's never, happening. I'm sure Harry's going to make it out of this before. one fine. I'm I sure Dumbledore is going to see it through to the end. Voldemort wins in the end, right? Voldemort wins I mean, we in the end. Assume. I'm sure of it. If When I was buying book seven and I was standing in line uh, at the midnight release, some asshole drove past and screamed, Voldemort wins in the end. So I got my book, but I never read it because I know that's how it ends. And I, I don't need to read it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. It happens to the best of us. It's the evening before the second task. Harry Potter is not okay. 
Things aren't going well. Things are not going well for him. Um, time is of the essence. And so the trio is holed up in the library one last time. Very desperate. Yeah. I can feel I can feel Hermione's eyesight declining. <laughs> like she's going to come back with glasses next year. Don't betray me, eyes. I must <laughs> see this through. No, she's just going to find a charm to fix her eyesight, but not fix Harry's. I think we've talked about is there magic LASIK. And I think our friend Dan was on that episode because I remember him talking about an episode of the Twilight Zone called Time at Last or something where like the last man on earth is like, yeah, he's stoked to like finally get to read all the books in the world, which is a hugely relatable feeling for me. And then at the very end of the episode, he drops and shatters his glasses. And that like kind of affected me after I watched it for like many weeks. It's affecting me right now, actually. Yeah. Let's move on. Yes, because there aren't such things as doctor's offices or optometrist offices, rather, on many corners in many towns that you could just walk into and grab a pair of glasses off of. Yo, not me, though, because my prescription is extremely specific and it costs a lot of extra money and they have to ship it away. Ah, well, that's your fault for having bad eyes. I have a baby prescription. For babies? I know it's for babies. But I need it. Why did you steal that baby's prescription? <laughs> like literally when I first got my glasses, the the doctor the optometrist was like, Yeah, this is normally what babies wear. <laughs> Do you and get to like, wear those glasses that hook around your ears so they don't fall off? Because those the are spoggles. The sport goggles. Spoggles! <laughs> I, I, I wish. My ears are super tiny though, so like nothing stays on my oh. ears. It's adorable. I need to wear children's masks, too, because my face is so small. Like, it's very scrunched together, and I have such tiny ears. Whoa. Can't relate. I got a huge mouth, personally. I, I I am a mess of a person. Your glasses are cute, though. She's wearing them. They're seafoam green. Yes. Uh, Zenny, that, that's the unofficial plug. Yeah, that's what I'm wearing, too. Okay, wait. No, that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> okay. Uh, books. <laughs> tasks they're all researching and fred and george come up to fetch hermione and ron they're like mcgonagall wants you and they're like what the fuck like we're obviously extremely busy (laughs) but mcgonagall needs them you don't say no to that woman you you don't um so they fucking leave and hermione is like take as many books as you can carry back to the common room and we'll meet you there and after they leave harry's like i guess they have to leave because they were helping me get ready for this task, which is like the dumbest shit. Her, like McGonagall's yeah. not like that. Like she wouldn't. Well, and you've do been that doing this in the library for uh, like months. Like, I think it's been two weeks only. But it's still weeks. Like McGonagall's a sharp cook or a sharp cookie. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, a sharp, sharp cookie. cookie. She's a, a sharp, sharp cookie. cookie. A, a shark cookie she's a very smart cookie she would have noticed that and she also probably would have expected it from the very beginning like well potter's dumb of course he's going to go to granger she probably should have been like dropping hints maybe she was dude maybe she straight up she was, probably was. she pro- in fact here's the here's the real explanation what really was happening is the entire time McGonagall would walk by Harry and be like, you should probably check with Neville, you know? He probably knows some magical plants that might be able to help you out with the task, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. And we just, like, say that every time, but it wasn't even in the books because Harry didn't even notice it. 
the movie got it right. He should have noticed right. it, or Neville yeah. even noticed it and was like, oh! <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Oh! <laughs> Neville haunting the library, trying to get Harry to realize something. <laughs> it wasn't Peeves, it was Neville. <laughs> so Madame Pince eventually kicks Harry out of the library. Rude. He takes as many books as he can carry back to the common room to keep searching. And then finally, at midnight, he's like, fuck this. And he <laughs> takes his invisibility cloak and goes back to the library for more searching. And he, it's like actually extremely pathetic it's like he just keeps telling himself, like, it's in the next book. The answer's in the next book. And then it, like, goes dot, dot, dot. Listen, we, we've all been to college. We, we've all been there. Like, everyone on this <laughs> call right now has been at that point where you're writing a paper and you're, like, you're doing that thing where you're right about to have a breakdown and you're almost at tears, but you're mm, not quite mm-hmm. there. And you're like, I'm sure it'll work out. It's going to be great. Listen, if I can write one word per minute, I only need to write for four hours. And it's only five <laughs> hours until it's due. So me, me I'm trying sure to finish I'll my find thesis. <laughs> my, my thesis was... Um, a special time in my life. <laughs> Mid-pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, I lost access to the library, lost access to my thesis advisor because he never answered his emails. Oh, God. It was, it was, I, I, I eventually was just like, well, here you go. I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. It's got to be a no for me. I think the only other time was like my freshman year and I was like, okay, I'm going to do a five-hour energy shot to, like, try and get this paper done overnight. I was asleep in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? That's, what I, that's how my body does caffeine, too. Christine and I both had the same look on our face when you said, I took a 30 minute or a five hour injury. We both had that look of like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> they used to pass those out at ODU during finals. They'd be like free five hour energy for everyone. Go kill yourself, I guess. Here, have a really bad amount of caffeine. Yeah. yeah here's my trick. If you are pulling an all nighter, <laughs> just get a bag of Cheez-Its and then, or like a box, I guess they come in a box. And like, if you are on the verge of tears, just have a handful of Cheez-Its and that usually like tamps it down and your body's not hungry. So you like, don't eat the whole box. It's just like, it's like, you're just slowly giving your body these like tiny micro rewards. And it's like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. We can keep going for more Cheez-Its. I'll nerd out educationally for a second right here. In the education psychology world, giving those micro rewards while studying is proven to be super effective. My best friend has started doing that with her students recently. Yeah, they recommend if, like, say you have a bunch of reading to get done and you're not much of a reader. At the end of every two pages, give yourself an M&M. And it just yeah. gives you something One tangible. One single M&M. Yeah, it's something tangible to keep going. And you tend to retain more because you're you're more focused on getting to the M&M. Yo, on the flip side... If you have a snacking problem, that's a really great way to help you pace your snacking problem. Because the only way I will not crush an entire box of Cheez-Its or an entire bag of M&Ms is if I have a set of rules for myself and I am playing a game now against myself and I can't lose. I still think it's a little braggy of you all to show off that you have the capability to make rules with yourself when it comes to M&Ms or Cheez-Its, okay? You're just showing your fucking privilege, whatever. Some I of us anymore. know that they're single use and go bad immediately once you open the wrapper, so it's best to eat them within 30 minutes, okay? 
once a year I'm like I'm like sick or something and I buy a box of cheese sets and I'm like I like eat them in one sitting on the couch by myself and Sean's just giving me this weird look because he thinks cheese sets are weird and I'm like this is why we can't have things like this in the house like you're seeing a demonstration of the worst case scenario never bring these to me again until I'm sick next time <laughs> when I need two boxes <laughs> Okay, I want to start rating Harry now. Okay. I want st- I want our first rating to be when he studies so hard that he falls asleep under the invisibility cloak in the library. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, Taylor, what do you think? I- I'm going to give him a 6 or a 7, purely because he's just trying his goddamn best. It's like, true. It, like, it isn't, like, any of his other decisions later that are just out of pure, like, adrenaline he -hmm. just is really trying to find this answer and he will feel like a failure to hermione if he does not find the answer oh and i'm like hermione i'm like i don't blame you my dude i don't i don't blame you as you said we've all been there uh in high school uh a teacher stopped asking me how i was every day because the answer was always tired (laughs) (laughs) that's also our pandemic policy yeah don't ask anyone how they are. It's rude. Yeah, no, like, she literally was like, I'm not even going to ask you anymore. I'm like, that's fair. Note I started this episode with, it's Taylor, you know her, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if anybody who knows me knows I'm consistently tired to this day. She's, she's tired, okay? So it's like, I, I'm like, I can't blame him. He's a 14-year-old <laughs> boy in a very stressful situation. I would also probably do that. So I am not a tired person. I don't know if you guys have met me. I'm not a tired person. I don't really get tired. I have a lot of energy all the time. And so I would never fall asleep at the library. I could fall asleep in a car. I can fall asleep on a train. I can fall asleep. Well, I had an hour long bus ride to my high school. So I can fall asleep on any automobile. But I would not fall asleep while actively doing something in the library, I think. So this is... I'm going to give this a four and the four points are for effort. Like he really is trying his hardest, but here's the thing. You could have pulled an all nighter three weeks ago and it wouldn't have felt so stressful. You could have been doing this a lot earlier and you fell asleep. You failed. You lost the war with yourself. Andrew, what uh, one to 10. See, I'm kind of, I'm kind of split here because I do think that like the falling asleep aspect, I don't, I don't think he had any control over that. You know, I think that's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like, Honestly, I think it's probably more stress than anything. We got to the point that say, like when your body gets hurt and your brain is like, "We're going unconscious now because yeah, I don't want to deal with this." We're going good night now, and you're like, "No, I need to stay up." And it's like, "No, no. no. Like, your adrenaline levels are stressing us out. Okay, yeah, you need the, to go to sleep. And like the thing, I, I was going to knock him for being in a situation where he didn't have like an alarm or anything like that. How could he have an alarm? He has a watch. I mean, he has to wake up somehow every day at a certain time. I think it's just like the, or I don't think he has any, they're not a lot of electricity, dude. I still, I, I, he mentions later that his watch stopped working. So it was working before then. So like, he has some capability or like, even if it's like, Hedwig, I need you to wake me. But anyways, (laughs) I was going to say, I kind of get it though, because like, (laughs) that's like Cinderella and Cinderella starts with all of the forest animals coming in to help her start her day. Harry wakes up each day to like Hedwig pecking him like at 7.30, bitch. Right mm. in the center of the forehead. Mm, mm, I'm so mm. sorry to interrupt. In the scar. It's in the scar so it doesn't show. <laughs> but like I said, I was going to knock him for that, but then I realized it's like, you know, if he doesn't figure out a way 
it doesn't matter if he shows up on time. So like, fuck it. I, it's all true. in all, I'm going to give him like a seven. Like okay. he could have like magical coffee. I'm sure I am sure there is like a short burst of energy <laughs> spell. Like stay it to up it to, you know, yeah, espresso is Maximus, like something like that. Or even just like scream for a house self, like, help, I need coffee. <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't know if they do that. I'm sure they've got room service it's just very unique <laughs> he's friends with dobby come on now they all hate dobby so it'd be dobby doing it but okay whatever um yeah. here oh here's a question yes if dobby hadn't come with the gillyweed do you think harry would have gone slept down? through it slept through yeah, it he he was out like okay but, not- but what if what if he did wait what if it, i'm asking if like he what woke you think up. his choice would be because yes. my i'm I'm, he he I would, would have not gone have down physically gone he would have gone down because as Haley would say he's a good boy and, like, he would have shown up and been like, I can't do it. That's part of the bravery aspect. It takes a lot of bravery yeah. to go and admit that you failed. Absolutely. Wow. So I, a Hufflepuff, would walk down to, back down to my common room and I would get in bed and I would pull the covers <laughs> over my head. And when they came for me, I would be like, oh, no, I overslept, but it's OK because I, d- I had nothing anyway. Just give me a zero. Like, I'm cool with that. I'll take, this, I'll take the L. I'm just going to roll over and go back to sleep. See, the Slytherin part of me would say, wait, I would go down and then sort of scope out what the other people are doing and maybe use that as my way. Of- oh, my God. Just like copy what they said. Yeah. That's, That's genius. They're only 10 feet apart. It like specifically says they're only 10 feet apart. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't work for me specifically because I can't hear. But in in the case that I could hear normally, like a normal person, that's what, <laughs> that's what I would do. I, I think I would have, uh, if it got to be like, let's say the task, what, do they, they say the task is at 9 a.m. or something like that? I think it's 9.30. Yeah. Okay, if it's at 9.30, come about 8 o'clock, if I still don't have an answer, I'm probably going to head on down there. And the reason oh. is that the moment that the first person with any amount of authority whatsoever shows up, I'm going to have a very quick, hushed conversation that, like, take them behind a bleacher and, like, and then, like, everyone watching just sees me turn around and walk not towards the castle, but, like, diagonally so I can <laughs> loop back eventually. But just away from there. So, like, I do the right thing and I'm like, listen, I can't compete. This is not going to work out. But to everyone watching, it's like, oh, he must be going to do something. He must have told them, like, I'll be right back. And then come time for the task. They're like, like, Andrew was here. I saw him talk to Lido Bagman. really impressive. He must be, oh, it's probably going to be a grand entrance. And they're just like, Competitor Andrew Akers has officially said that he will not be competing in this task. He receives zero points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that I'm thinking about it, if I were in this situation where I was Harry and I like didn't ask to participate in this and I'm being compelled to do it against my will, mm-hmm. I would do what you did and uh, do what you said and go down to the pitch at like eight o'clock in the morning. And the second Ludo Bagman shows up, I would be like, hey man, I need you to tell me how to get through this because I got nothing. That's a good call. That's, that's a good call. He is the person to ask in this case. Usually I'd be like, that's cheating, but like I did not ask for this and i'm not trying to die or look like a fucking idiot just because they have three more years of school than me like that fucking sucks he's definitely the person asked because he definitely has money on you too yeah well like honestly now that you say that you're absolutely right because knowing how here's the thing 
I don't have morals to make me be like, I'm going to play by the rules in this challenge to the death that I wasn't yeah, chosen. I that I didn't choose to. Rules. No, I would have I would have been having a standing owl post with Ludo Bagman. Like he would know my owl by name. He would know his favorite snack because like we would be talking every day and I'd be like, so what are the words exactly to that bubblehead charm? And where <laughs> where again in the lake is it? Like I went down yesterday and I looked around. So like I saw the mermaid village and you said it's going to be on the stack. At you okay? Like, <laughs> it's like just watch the whole walkthrough before you even start. <laughs> right, I, I would have found that video on YouTube. Like, ha, I'm going to show you how to do the second on challenge IGN. of the uh, of the Travers tournament. <laughs> so this is the bubblehead charm. Boom. I say it all the time on the show that I'm lawful, and like what that does not mean is like is like I I like the rules, like the rules. Right, that's not what lawful means for someone like Percy Weasley. It does mean that, but like if something's not fair like this, like those rules don't count anymore. And like, I like rules in general, but like not the unjust ones. Like I got my own rules, you know, and it's like fair is fair and be a nice person. And that's why I'm a lawful Hufflepuff. Pretty sure I'm like true neutral. Cause my thing is like, I'll obey the rules. Well, the right, the the smart rules. The right rules, exactly. Like, <laughs> they got me into a lot of trouble in high school. They did not buy that. Defense. Yeah, they don't appreciate that at all. <laughs> so Harry is woken from uh, a strange mermaid dream by Dobby, the house elf. And I do like this. I like because it, it, it comes in. What? Stop. Give me it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is he trying to get? <laughs> the mermaid in the painting in the prefix bathroom has his firebolt and is the like holding it. The only thing he cares about. Yeah. It's holding it above his head. He's like, stop. Give right. And then, back. and then, and then it's like fading back into reality. And it's like, Dobby must not stop poking Harry Potter. <laughs> like, whatever. He's like, Dobby must poke Harry Potter. Harry Potter must get his wheezy. <laughs> What? My what? <laughs> that was that part was the best part to listen to. Is just Dobby <laughs> saying over and over again the just the word wheezy, and I'm like this. <laughs> this is what I need. Like several times because, well, first of all, Harry's at a level twelve right now. He was he was a level eleven out of ten stress when he fell asleep, and now he's at a twelve. <laughs> and I'm sure he he isn't hearing anything correctly in the, these first 10 seconds of consciousness when he's at a level 12 stressed. Um, but Dobby also is not pronouncing Weasley correctly. I feel like at some point he should have gotten the fact that he was meaning Weasley. <laughs> I don't know. Considering <laughs> the Weasleys use the word wheezes in their like Mm-mm. brand. Wait, but that I hasn't f- happened yet. Well, oh, we yes, still talk about it, yeah, at the beginning of the book. Well, here's Andrew's a, got something smart. Here's a hot say. take. Ron. Very easy to say. <laughs> he might not know Very because... Very easy to say. <laughs> house elves, I mean, what? maybe house elves only know, like, last names because it's, like, a propriety thing. I, I don't know. I see Molly Weasley to be the type to write Ron's name in his underwear. Oh yeah, she would. Ha- she would have to for her own sorting. Purposes. Right. So Dobby for sure knows that that is at least R Weasley, right? <laughs> also, Dobby has never had like a difficult time pronouncing names until now. Am hmm. I wrong here? I could be wrong, but I don't think he tried a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, you gotta think, he, he does normally use last names, and you think about with Harry, he always calls him Harry Potter. He can't let go of that formality, so there is a good chance that he's, and because the Weasleys are an old wizarding family, he's probably mm. heard the Weasleys referred to by the Malfoys. It's like you hear Mr. Darcy referred to as just straight up Darcy way more than you ever hear him referred to as Fitzwilliam. And you know why? Because you shouldn't name your children Fitzwilliam. I so I've I've tried to read Pride and Prejudice Prejudice Pride and Prejudice. It's just not my thing. I've been on a bender lately. The old P and P bender. But I I did not remember that was his name, and I'm gonna name. I think. I think I'm going to name my child Fitzwilliam, I think. He's not even the only character named Fitzwilliam in that book. There are two characters named Fitzwilliam. I mean, I think we all know at least three or four Fitzwilliams in our everyday lives. That It's one of those names that you've got to like put something else after it in your phone. Because it's like, well, Fitzwilliam, I got four. <laughs> Didn't you graduate so. with four like I did? Yeah, so like okay. Fitzwilliam Tall or Fitzwilliam College. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fitzwilliam, if you're listening... It's a fine name, but surely you don't expect your friends to every time call you Fitzwilliam. Email us. Let us know. RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. Okay. So a lot's happening. Harry's running late. The task starts in 10 minutes. Uh, it's 9.20 a.m. Dobby tells Harry that the Mer people have taken Ron, his wheezy. But it's okay because Dobby knows Harry obviously doesn't have the answer. So he brought the answer. Gillyweed. Which looks like... Uh, what's it called? A rat king? But without the yeah. rat, with just the king part. Just the tails. <laughs> just the Just tails. the worst part. Heads or tails, baby. Give me all the rat tails you got. <laughs> oh, um, God. So Harry sprints down to the lake. Um, there's only, like, lingering people in the castle, and they're all watching him, like, blow by at, like, a thousand miles per hour, knowing exactly what he's running to. He runs up on the lake. Everyone's already there and they've been waiting for him. Okay, scale of one to ten. So I, I have to say I give Harry credit here because I would have died. Okay? What do you, because when? <laughs> my thought process would have been Dobby gave me this and he says I need to eat it before I go in the water. I'm going to eat it now so the judges don't know. Because Dobby didn't give that good of instructions. He just said, Ooh. eat it before you go in. And my ass would have been like, well, I can't be seen eating it. Because obviously they'll know, like, where did you get that from? Like, even if they asked me, I don't remember what the fuck he just said it's called. I'm just going to eat it. And I'd be good to go by the time. And I would, like, die with gills in the Great Hall. <gasps> I would have died when Dobby woke me up just from, like, a stress heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> or, or on the run down there. Because <laughs> I'm unfit. He, guarantee you can run faster than you think you can. That uh, goes for every single person listening to that's this podcast. True. Unless unless you just can't run for some reason, and that's fine. Not everyone has to run. But, okay, wait, I have a question. So if Harry had taken the gillyweed at, in the library, and as you said, Andrew passed out with gills in the Great Hall... And the Creevy brothers, whom he knocked into canonically in this chapter, if they picked him up and ran him down to the lake and chucked him into the water, do you think they would have still let him participate? Do you think that would have counted as cheating, like on a super technicality by being delivered there by children? Um, <laughs> like, what do you think would have happened? At that point, you're talking about a Harry who hasn't had 
oxygen to his brain for three minutes or so because like it takes time for them to be like we need to get him there and grab him and you know they drop and you him know they times, dropped like, him on the way no like, no, wait, no 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 i'm giving i'm giving the gravy brothers all the credit in this moment they've never been tested in this way i'm giving them all the credit of being like gills let's go it's a lake thing that's where we're headed already and picking him up and he's not heavy and they i think they just successfully get him down to the okay. lake and he slithers then away they, they say, okay, we're going to line up now. And Harry is dropped unconscious <laughs> on the verge of death. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. a few they... times in the sand as they yell, go. And everyone runs into the and lake. Ludo Bagman, like, kicks him just like, yeah, just, like, like just, just a just little bit <laughs> into the water. <laughs> you, nobody saw anything. It's fine. Shoots Bye. a bandit, uh, like a reducto at the base of the like beach right before boom just blows his body into the water like whoa look at that random <laughs> okay taylor uh harry runs late down to the uh down to the what i almost said the pitch the lake um a scale of one to ten how much do you rank that i'm gonna give him probably a six or a seven then again because once again it's he's doing what he thinks is right in the moment he thinks he needs to show up no matter what and the fact that he makes it like, he, he seems to make it by 930. Yeah, you're right. Because of Dobby. Dobby gets the most credit here because Dobby wakes him mm, up. Let's but, say Dobby on a scale of 1 to 10 right now. Uh, Dobby gets a 10. I mean, this is probably the most useful Dobby's been so far in this, the no, series. No, 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 no. Dobby gets a, gets a very low score. Because Dobby stole that gillyweed a very long time ago. Harry's had hours that he could have been That's properly fair. informed of exactly what's going on, exactly <laughs> how the gillyweed works. He could have been ready and well rested, and instead oh. he is tired and like suddenly woken up and is running on. No, Dobby gets a one. Harry gets a ten though, because Harry gets his butt down there and he's at the lake and he's ready to go and he has his plan and he has his gillyweed and he's trusting of his friends. I, I just think that no one should get a perfect score on this because they are being actively bamboozled with this. That is true. <laughs> with this a nine. Me. Harry gets a nine because... Yeah, nine sounds better. He went with the flow. He did the evacuation. He got down to the beach. He has the thing, even if he didn't know he would have the thing, and he's willing to trust Dobby, apparently, so like... Yeah, I'm docking him for t for the trusting Dobby part. <laughs> yeah, actually, even though it yeah. works out right, I'm, I'm docking I'm him for the Dobby part. For like, he trusted Dobby that much. I mean, if we're using that logic, okay, not to bring it back, but if we're using that logic, like Dobby is not like a lot more reliable and trustworthy than Neville at this point. Cause we were talking about how the movies were better because Neville's more convincing, but Neville has not proven himself to be capable. Yet. Well, I said but that it's earlier. Herbology. It's herbology but, though. And Neville mm. has the book. Like okay. he, he can literally okay, okay. He can point to his reference. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. He cites his source. It's not here. Take this handful, of, which also listeners don't just take a handful of anything. Someone hands you like ask questions. This is good. <laughs> don't just accept if you're out in public and someone's Thank like, for eat this. this. Rat King. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to eat it and then be like, what was that? And they're like drugs. <laughs> like that's not a good look. Oh my God. I've actually literally, I love my girlfriends, but they are dumb. And I have had a lot of talks with a lot of dumb <laughs> ass hoes that I've loved over the years for just taking something at a party. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Describe it to me. I get, I start doing my police sketch. I'm like, describe the pill to me. I'm going to figure out what is going on here. <laughs> 
tell me the hat the guy was wearing because this is yeah ODU, we're getting so I'm to going the to find the hat and I'm gonna find the guy. <laughs> What's in your pockets? I'm a cop tonight. Yeah, did they have board shorts and flip flops on? <laughs> Fuck, that's half the people here. Okay, we we'll find this out. <laughs> Andrew and I did go to a beach college. Okay. Okay, I give Dobby a five in this scene, and I give Harry a seven in this moment. That's um, fair. For, for the giving the gillyweed and the running. That's fair. I mean, so Ludo Bagman stations the champions 10 feet apart on the lake and blows the whistle, and then the second task begins. Woohoo! And I don't think we get any descriptions of what anyone else is doing, right? It's just Harry, because he's yeah. not fucking looking. Right, this is actually a really, it's really well written because like you are in that moment you are Harry like because mm-hmm. here's the thing that I think it talks about how Slytherin started like jeering I don't think they were jeering at Harry I think they were jeering at Crumb because mm. Crumb's doing this spell and he fucks it up and he's only half shark and like <laughs> there I think that's who they were like joking at but Harry is in that moment with all that stress and he's like obviously they're they're joking at me you're probably right I could also see them being mad at the judges for letting Harry take part, thinking he was too late to be part of it. And they're like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I want to speak to your manager. The, the, the Slytherins we see in this book are all Karens. Just, Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I promise that not all Slytherins are Karens. Uh, I don't consider myself a, a Karen. Slughorn's not a Karen, and and Snape's not really a Karen either. I beg to differ. I think Slughorn would absolutely be a Karen if the world around him did not bend to his will. Yeah, Slughorn would be. I yeah, Snape is his own. I think if you brought entity. him like the wrong kind of red wine at the restaurant, he would have something to say, and your tip would be affected for sure. I, I don't see him having the balls to stand up to someone, though. I don't see him having, like, the, the, the strength of will to be a Karen and, like, escalate it any more than, um, excuse me, I, um, I, I got, I actually ordered the other wine. And if it didn't resolve there, he'd be like, okay. Maybe I should add Slughorn to our good or bad bonus episode series that I'm He's planning. He's a good one. He's a good one for that. Yeah, because like it's really only the most major characters where it's like good or bad. I mean, obviously Voldemort's bad, but we're doing a Snape, good or bad. We're doing a Dumbledore, good or bad. Nicholas Cage, good or bad. A challenge, certainly, but not insolvable. And I think Slughorn would be another interesting character. And there's kind of enough information about him because we learn a lot about him in this one book. Okay, yeah. whatever. We're so off topic. You mean in that book two books from now? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be 2025. Stick with us. That does, that time doesn't exist. That's good. <laughs> I think it's actually 2023, 2024 that we're going to be doing book six. So stick around, please, for the love of God, stick around. <laughs> we're so bored. We need this. <laughs> the second task has begun and Harry wades into the water in his full robes. Has everyone here seen Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Remember yes. when her name's not Kirsten Stewart, but that's the only name. Kira Knightley. That was the only name <laughs> in my brain. Was Elizabeth Stewart. Swan. Yeah, it's not. When Kira Knightley goes down into the water, it's the. And she's wearing the dress. She's wearing the dress, and it's like taking her down because it's so voluminous. Mm-hmm. It is a very voluminous dress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Harry, like, does not take off his robe, which is, that's the most ridiculous part of this chapter. He is that takes he would off willingly- his shoes and socks. Like, that's the best part. <laughs> he takes the time to take off his individual shoes and socks. 
Very silly to me. Yes, that that is going to get a two from Andrew because <laughs> you're right. He did get off the shoes and socks, but just he from can the leave those point, on. Yeah, exactly. Like they should come off just for their sake, but they don't need to. You really sure. should take that robe off. Yeah, if I mean, I'm not a very a modest person. So like I for sure would be in my underwear for this. Like I can't imagine swimming in anything like more restrictive than like a bikini bottoms and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds terrible. So he eats the gillyweed. It seems nasty. Duh. It's like fucking worms, <laughs> dude. It, it, you're just Surprise! shoving seaweed into your face right now. It's worms. Um, Suddenly he can't breathe the air because he has gills. Duh. Which isn't how that that works, but oh, it's okay. that's how that works here. We we can't start talking about gills and stuff. We'll never stop. He jumps into the water and he can breathe, so to speak, easily now. And he has webbed fingers and toes. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, Taylor, please rate this magical girl transformation. Oh, ten. This is this is beautiful. We just needed some lights, some flashing. It, <laughs> it would be in every anime ever. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. it. It gives me big Beast Boy vibes from like Teen Titans. Oh yeah, nice. Andrew, what about you? Scale of one to ten. Right, so I, I'm confused. Are we grading the the transformation itself, like how effective it is? Oh, just like if you were watching a TV show and you were like, "That was fun to watch." It was like at least a slightly convincing, and I had a good time. <laughs> I'll give it like a six, maybe, because like it's not that dramatic from the outside perspective. Like the, the I, I think you were probably reading the same, the illustrated edition, which does show him having like elongated fingers and toes and feet he, and stuff. The, these are wild. I have it right in front of me. His feet look like hands. They're very like elongated. But remember, this illustration. while you're doing that, a kid has half a shark body. Right. Yeah. So like. While it would be cool, it's probably not what you're looking at because it just looks a little off, right? Yeah. I'm going to rate this an eight. Like, I think it's pretty fantastic. The way that it's phrased is like he's he's like gasping for air and he just like flops face to the water. But it still is cool. And like, I think it would probably be extremely cool to be able to breathe, so to speak, breathe water and swim around freely. The flopping on his face is just super relatable, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, super like relatable. if I went through that magical girl transformation, that is how I would react to just. Which yeah. also, if there was uh, the internet and access to it in the wizarding world, you know for a fact that someone would have made a video of Harry falling face first <laughs> into the lake, but with like nice. ch uh, Chumbawamba's, I get knocked down. And like, nice. when it hit down, he would hit the water and like, oh, yeah. spasm, I get up again. <laughs> um, just one thing I want to point out, um, the book says, you know, after he faced plants and get breathes water and it's like this feels good the book says he flipped over and dived into its depths it being the lake and i was thinking about how in the movie he does this like really gratuitous showboaty like spin and yeah. i was like technically that's canon to the book because he said i flipped over and like maybe if you were a dolphin for the first time in your life you wouldn't notice that you were doing dramatic dolphin tricks you would just be like this is amazing haha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for reacting that way. I like, like you said, if I were a fucking dolphin for the first time, I'm gonna, 
if I think that the Slytherins were jeering at me and I just developed dolphin akin powers, I am totally going to do a free willy and get as high <laughs> as possible and like a full arc just to show like, fuck you. <laughs> and he lands, and like he lands on the beach because he's not good at being <laughs> yeah, and then he flops <laughs> a whale oh, yet. <laughs> Can someone push me in? <laughs> okay. So he's swimming away. Harry Potter swims away into the lake. He's just swimming like this whole chapter is like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. This is kind of Harry in his element, you know? This is Harry running down the hallway before the big battle. Because Harry isn't that great in the battle. Like, he makes it through, but it's not his shining moment. His moment is always in these little bits where it's like... I'm on the right path. I'm going the right way. I'm ready to go. I feel confident. It's before he gets the first shock of like, oh, fuck, something's going wrong. This is like, this is Harry James Potter. So Harry's swimming, swimming, swimming. He gets grabbed by a grindylo, and then he gets grabbed by more grindylos. You say grindylo? I always say grindylo. Grindylo. Mm. Oh, good. We all pronounce it differently. It's fine. Okay. Um, what did I say? No, I'm confused. You say grindylo. I say hmm. grindylo, and he puts... Grindylo, yeah. I say it like it's an Italian occupation. Like, I work at the grindylo. Where we find the grindylo. 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 Is how that one person, um, mythology and fiction explained on YouTube, described it. And that that person had a British accent. In, in the audiobook I was listening to, at least, it was grindylo. Grindelo. Okay, so Harry gets grabbed by mel- multiple Grindelos. He gets grabbed by a Grindelo, a Grindelo, and a Groundelower. However, <laughs> oh, that can't have been right. He- he's trying to fight them off. He realizes he can't use his wand because his voice doesn't work. Because that's not how sound. That's not how human voice is produced via air expelling from the throat. And there's no air in there. Just water right now. Ain't no air in there. So he can't talk. But in failing to do the spell, though, he still kind of like blasts the creatures a little bit. So he has time to qu- sort of like uh, get away. Oh, see, no, I took that a completely different way. I took that as that the spell produces sparks when you're up above the water. But when you're in the right environment, it does what it's supposed to, which is blasts of uh, boiling water. Oh, interesting. Because, like, if you don't have the water around you, it just makes the sparks. Whoa. I yeah. am, my brain is somewhere else right now. Can you think about the fact that, like, the lake water is going into his mouth? Yeah, it's gross as shit. That's, sorry, that, I just, I didn't think about that while listening to we the We can't chapter. dwell on this. Oh, uh, okay, so yeah. It is kind of gross. Fish fuck in that water. Um, especially since canonically, canonically, the toilets flush there. Into them, yes. Canonically. Hey, no wonder the people hate them. Like, like, fucking, you're just shitting on them. Literally. (sighs) Whatever. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how do we rate this Grindelo encounter, Andrew? I, uh, I give him very high marks because he remembered the right spell. He performed it well. He thought, you know, he defended himself and got away with very minor, well, not, not really even any, any injuries. Like, he's not, he doesn't even seem too scraped up. So I'm going to give him like a, like a nine. Once again, not the best, <laughs> like your whole situation's fucked up, so you can't get a 10. But in this mm-hmm. situation, I'm going to give him a nine. Yeah. He got, okay. he got the best that he possibly could in this situation. Okay. Taylor, go ahead. I'm going to give him an 
a taking off that extra point for him not thinking about the fact that he can't speak underwater. That's just. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I, I think that, that that's the spell that was meant to do that, though. Like, that's the reason that it worked is even though he couldn't actually say it, it it's like meant it, like the whole spells. I also think maybe he was like, why wouldn't I be able to speak underwater? Because I can breathe underwater. Right. Got to try it once, I guess. <laughs> but then he just keeps trying it. Right. I guess that's just a reflex. <laughs> the brave Gryffindors get along on reflex alone. That's where his bravado came in. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'll give him an eight because like it's an effective what it what it is is it's effective. He gets away. Yeah, um, I was I think an eight sounds right for me too, just because it's it's effective. It does. I think that in like this kind of a situation where you are in like you know m- like life and death or like mortal peril a little bit, like if it literally saves your life, that you're uh, you're like succeeding a Constitution save or something, yep. you know. So he's just swimming along, and then it's like. How are you getting on? <laughs> like as clear as day in the water in his ear. <laughs> just like Sup, bro. <laughs> just like what's up, bro? Like <laughs> I have this problem where in my home when I know my husband is home, <laughs> he startles me all the time if I'm like in a room kind of half high doing my own thing and he like walks into the room, I get startled a lot. So I think this would ruin my life and I would for sure void my bowels in fear at this. But it's okay because you're in a lake. Yeah, Yeah, the toilet's already empty there. (laughs) Just undo your belt and like swim forward or swim back a little bit. Pretend like it never happened. Um, It's Moaning Myrtle. And she points him in the right direction. She literally just points him. She's like, that away. So he goes that way and he's like swimming. You get me? He's fucking swimming, dude. It's taking a while. He's using a lot of his strength right now. Oh, you mean swimming like he's going through the river of denial in his head and he's overcoming <laughs> his fear? No, literally. He's just his been swimming. swimming. Swim. <laughs> that is his only thought. Fucking swim. swim. Movement while swim. underwater. Swim. And swim. And swim. And swim. Stroke. 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 He finally hears the mer people singing and he follows the sound to the source. And the source is the mermaid village outpost uh, something somewhere that they gather. A society of mers. <laughs> yeah, the, the mer people. That means water. Oh, my God. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I hate when I like linguistically prank myself. I'm like, did you know? And then it's like, obviously, obviously mer people means water people. I I didn't know that. Mar, mar, mer, mer. Marine. I'll I'll pretend. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) Let's rank Harry on a scale of one to ten for locate safely and successfully locating his uh quarry uh <laughs> his wheezy andrew on a scale of one to ten how how did he how did he do getting here i mean you can only give him like at most a three right because he didn't find shit he was mm-hmm. literally like nah dude that way you're right about that yeah like i i can't really give him that much i'm gonna give him a three because he did follow where she po- like she <laughs> could have pointed in one direction he's like <laughs> Nah, I outsmarted you and like. Nah, she loves him too much. That's what he did when Cedric was like, take a bath with the egg. He was like, well, that makes me grumpy, so I'm not going to do that for a month. That's rude. Yeah, he spends he spends several hours going the opposite direction before he's (laughs) like, well, maybe she wasn't lying. (laughs) 
Um, Taylor, on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, I'd probably go with a three two for pretty much the same reasons. Um, I mean, good for him for like the the endurance of swimming for twenty minutes straight. Uh, that that actually, I'll up it to a four for you know that oh that God. that endurance. I was just about to say I'm gonna give him a four because I'm nicer than both of you, but I guess <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so you give him a five. No, no, no. I give him a strong four, and it's for the endurance. He's like, this feels great. I'm on my way. He's 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 in his jock environment. Like he's doing the one thing he can do. Physical fitness. (laughs) I'm sure listeners will note that on pretty much every single one of these categories up until this one, I have given Harry a higher ranking than Christina. And therefore, by her (laughs) metric, I'm far nicer than she is. (laughs) You're probably right. I'll do some math later. Nods. (laughs) Somehow this episode was only 45 minutes. None of the conversations (laughs) where we ranked anything were in there. (laughs) Okay, so Harry arrives at the hostages. It's Ron, Hermione, whose crumbs... What does the poem say? Like, your most precious thing or, like, the thing you cherish most? Yeah, your most cherished item, most precious item. To recover what we took. I'm great at singing. I loved it. It was... Thank you. (laughs) Come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot sing above the ground. And while you're searching, ponder this. We've taken what you'll sorely miss. What you'll sorely miss. Okay, so that makes me actually feel better that they picked Cho for uh, for Cedric and Hermione for Victor Crumb. Because I think they would sorely miss them, for sure. Um, and it's not like a love's most situation or something. Harry would so miss Ron. They just made up from that fight. <laughs> no, no. It's the, it's the perfect, perfect choice for Harry. Like, And then there's Gabrielle also known as Gabrielle, Flora's sister. I believe it's pronounced Gabrielle. Here's the thing with French. I'm too literal. That's why I'm great at Spanish, because I love to read every single letter in a word. And it's hard for me to just blow past them like Gabrielle. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the French, when they speak, just choose which words to like. They use all the apathy that a nation could have, but they directed it entirely at their language. Gabrielle. Mm, Stylistic. There's like 14 letters there, and it's pronounced G. <laughs> the, the thing I love about French, and it's there are very few things I love about French. <laughs> I hate it. Is the fact that like it is a regulated language by the mm. French government. That so, is true. Like, I mean, I don't like the sexism part of it because like all the words, <laughs> all the words for death are feminine, but. It, 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 it is a, like an actual regulated language, and then they just mm. add like the the slang words and things to the language as it grows. But mm-hmm. like, there's no question about where, where things fit. I do love a language that it's like, well, French, if you're all official, why wouldn't you pronounce every letter? Because the world, it's, it's fucked, you see. Why, why spend time pronouncing every letter? No, no. Only the ones that you need to, to get the word across. <laughs> and it's like, but you don't. You don't pronounce it. We have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> you know what language I love? German. What's it? it what, do they, is it Murrish? Or is it like mer peopleish Or is it like <laughs> mer, Mermish? Mer-so-tongue. Mermish. I think it would be Mermish. <laughs> I think it is Mermish. Should be Mersletongue. Andrew, you're right. Nobody heard your joke, but Mersletongue is hilarious, and that is what this language should be called. Well done, friend. So they 
are mermaids. Um, <laughs> the hostages are tied up with a thick rope, uh, and Harry has no blade. I consider this to be a fail. Do you think that if Harry had had time to prepare for this ahead of time, do you think he would have thought to bring a blade with him? No. I think if Hermione had been around, mm. she might have thought to bring a blade with, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. And it's so funny because I know you guys mentioned on the show, I don't think the blade ever comes up again. I think this is the only time the blade ever comes up it. again. It's like, well, wish and it it's was because here. he doesn't have it. Yeah, that's funny. Well, he tries using it the one time and it melts. Because remember, the blade can pick any lock. Uh, he, he does tries... that in the Department of Mystery, right? Yeah, he tries using mm-hmm. it to open What the a door dumb thing it. to put in your book. I had to keep track of that knife. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I, as a reader, had to keep track of that knife for nothing. For so nothing, fuck yeah. that knife. Just for to melt. So I, I would say, like, here's the thing. He got woken up with 10 minutes. There is no way in hell <laughs> he's going to have that knife. And so I think he was very clever. I think he found, like, he boy scouted that shit. He looked yeah, down. Yeah, he finds he saw a sharp the rocks. Rock. He was like, well, in first he was even smarter than that. He was like, yo, homie, let me check out that spear. Yeah, let me get your spear, bro. <laughs> the dude's yeah. just like. The guy was like, mm, nah, nah. <laughs> so Which he's... I wouldn't either. That's fair. Right. Well, first of all, don't give children spears. Like, as a rule, don't That's give children That's spears. That's a tweet right there. So. That Uncle Andrew with a little tidbit of the day right there. But um, <laughs> no, like, I think he's actually pretty adaptive. It's pretty clever. He goes from the spear yeah. to like, well, what else do I have? I have rocks. And he finds one. So I'm actually going to give him pretty good points. I'm going to like a seven, a seven on that because he, he didn't have what he needed, but he found a way. Okay. Yeah. For the Boy Scouty like decision, he he's a, is a quick thinker in this situation. He yeah. sees what it is, and he's just like, okay, we just need to get them untied. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd give him a seven, maybe an eight, um, just for how quick he is with it. Um, and he is resourceful. Mm, I go with a seven. That's where I'm going to land, because I don't know why. Like, I think it was smart to ask the mer guy for the thing. Yeah, what if he just gave it to you? <laughs> we love giving people awesome. spears. Here, have one. But, like, I don't think I'm going to ask a person holding a spear to use their spear. Right, okay. Oh, I'll also give Harry a strong seven for finding the sharp rock. Um, he finds a sharp rock. He detaches his one one. Um, the other champions are still nowhere to be found. So Harry is like, I have to take all of them because I am a Gryffindor and this is my flaw. This is my fatal flaw. <laughs> yeah. But the mer people are like, no, you can You only have to, you can only take yours. You can't take anyone else's. Well, and it specifically says that the moment that he went to try and get Hermione out, that a pair, like pairs of hands grabbed him, which means if you were watching this from afar, when they saw him pick up the rock, a bunch of them started like slowly swimming up behind him just in case he decided to were go after someone else. No, but they were like, they were ready. They were like standing there like, uh. Uh, 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 and the <laughs> moment, the moment that he went for Hermione, wham! No. Shish kebab him. So he's like, I'm not leaving without taking all of these people. Enter Cedric with the bubble head. Let's, let's rate Cedric real fast. I'm going to give him a 10, right? Because it works fine. Yes, because Cedric <laughs> meant to be there. He came with the plan. He figured it out. He established a method and he got there with a decent amount of time. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. he 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 tried to figure out the egg 
more than two <laughs> weeks beforehand right. and and felt kind enough to share said information with Harry. Right. So, like, 10 overall for Cedric. I think it's an 11, actually. <laughs> yeah, immediately upon a teacher being like, open that shit underwater, he goes, why, thank you, Professor. I'm going to go open this underwater now. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving him extra credit. He gets an 11 out of 10. And it looks good doing it. He's like, Fleur and Crumb are on their way, I guess. He knows they've been traveling in a pack. So Cedric takes Cho Chang and pieces out. Okay, cool. With his knife that he prepared with, because he figured this shit out. Right. He he definitely was time. in Scouts, if if the UK has Scouts. They Wizard do. Scouts? Oh my god, Wizard I want to see. Scouts. Lil Wizzy? Let's call them Lil Wizzies. Listen, I know everyone wants to see the Marauders. That seems to be the prevailing idea <laughs> Like for the next TV show. No, fuck that. I want the Wizard Scouts. I want a group of four to 12-year-old wizards going on camping trips. Uh, I did know they had Girl Scouts, and that's actually where the Girl Scouts originated, but both Scouts originated in 1908 in England. Mm -hmm. So they do have Scouts. There's a possibility. Imagine Dudley and Scouts. Now that's all I'm going to think about. I'm good. I don't want to. I mean, I was in in Rich Girl Girl Scouts when I was a kid, because that was the age, and my my family was only rich for like five years, and that's when I did Girl Scouts. Um, And I didn't learn anything. Like, I, I learned how to, like, do makeup and, like, I don't know, other dumb shit. I didn't get to go camping or anything. And I think Dudley would be in like one of those scout troops where they just kind of like lump around, you know? Letting girls join scouts, like the organization that is just like scouts today, is such a wonderful thing because that's all I wanted to join when I was younger was mm-hmm. to be able to go and do fucking stuff in the woods. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Girl Scouts did. I only yeah. lasted two years in, in scouts. I was from first and second grade, and I just could not stand other girls so much that I quit Girl Scouts. I vividly remember when my dad looked over at me and I said, Dad, why didn't I get to sign up for Cub Scouts? (laughs) My dad looked at me and goes, did you want to do Cub Scouts? And I thought about it, and I was like, outdoors all the time, going camping. No. No, I did not. He's like, that's why we didn't sign you up. And it was a great day because I realized my parents loved me. Wow, can't relate. (laughs) I asked to join the Boy Scouts instead of the Girl Scouts, and I was told by a parent that I was weird enough already. (laughs) My God. I I think I was like 10, and I I had like a couple friends who were still doing Boy Scouts, and I was like, that looks fun. Y'all look like you're learning some shit over there. Yeah, most of my friends, in, or I shouldn't say most, a lot of my friends in high school were Eagle Scouts. Like, mm-hmm. they stuck with it to the end. Like, good for them, but... Well. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Cedric so, is a let's, um... <laughs> next, enter Crumb. Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb. He has a shark head, so the mer people get scared. Let's rank... Rate? Is it rate or rank? It's rate, because rank is, like, against other... Okay, Let's rate Crumb's shark head. Head of shark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'll give him a six for the attempt and getting okay. it. And, and it works. He is able to accomplish what he needs to with what he did. Mm-hmm. But obviously points off for the half formed. It, it's just it Maui. It looks very silly. It's just Maui from Maui. <laughs> yeah, it is Maui. The other thing I'm taking off for is a shark just doesn't seem useful when you need to possibly grab another person, as we see right. here. So uh, if it had so. like worked fully, it would have been dumb. 
Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Interesting. I wonder what he was planning to do about that. Maybe he was also desperate for any solution to this puzzle. No, Karkov told him exactly what was going on, and I guarantee they practiced that time and time again. Yeah. They did see Victor Crumb diving into the lake in January. That is true. Preparing for that cold. Yeah, it's shocking. Andrew, did you rate the shark head? I did not. I think I'm going to give the shark head... I'm actually going to go lower than I'm going to go like a four because he it's only by luck that like the right half of him transfigured. Right. Mm. Like there's every chance it could have been <laughs> Crumb's head with like the quickest tail, but needing to dive down to the bottom of the lake in 10 seconds because he can't hold it. You know, he doesn't. You wouldn't be able skills. to do the pressure. Right. Yeah, like, that's that's what would have. It, it's pure luck that he got the right half. And so I'm giving him like a four. It's so crazy how deep this lake is. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it's I don't like under water. so much water, and there's so much stuff down here, and I wish that it was empty instead, but it has so much stuff. I couldn't do this task because I have terrible sinuses. If I dive more than, like, five feet, my, my head feels like it's going to pop. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, listeners, don't dive into a five-foot pool. That's how you die. <laughs> I just, I just want to put the warning out there. Don't do that. You need at least six feet of water. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's your PSA in February. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of polar plunges, plunges going on right now, Christina. I don't know what you're talking about. We hate it. Um, I'm going to give Victor Crumb a seven because uh, I'm actually going to give him an eight because go- I'm he had good luck. Good for him. Good good luck, Crumb. <laughs> and like it, it turned out really effective. And he has arms and gills. And, like, that's really all you need to, like, you need, like, something to paddle and something to breathe. That's really all you need in this task. And he has both. Um, <laughs> but that being said, he does start to, like, gnaw chaotically yeah. at Hermione's rope. No, he, he would have he not only failed, he would have killed Hermione if it wasn't for Harry. It's just so ridiculous because I for sure, if I were Crumb, would have asked for Harry's rock. Like, you like this bitch yeah. and, like, you're nice and you're just standing there like a dumb fucking idiot. Give me that, ro- uh, that sharp rock you have. What sharp rocks you have? I need your rock, bro. <laughs> okay, finally, Harry... Oh, so that he swims away, Victor Crumb. So finally, Harry pulls his wand, and the wary mer people are like, "Oh no, a wand!" And I got really uncomfortable here. Why? Because I don't like the level of intelligence that the mermaids have, combined with them having such a primal existence, and then such a like like lesser than human reaction to the wand. I I don't know. It got real weird real quick for me. Maybe I'm overthinking mm-hmm. it, but it seemed like No, I get you. No, it's it's just the full racism that is Yeah, it's into racist as fuck. It's like it's yeah. this belief in these savages that are like living under the water and like ha oh, ha oh, magic. Ha. Oh. You know, oh, it's fucking gross. It is the classical savage character is is exactly what they did here it's a an area that's unexplored overall people you don't know it's even worse i would say than the giants because at least you can interact with the giants on a regular basis if you so choose but you need a special fucking spell or gillyweed to be able to interact with these so it takes this pretty much this um uh, colonial take on this and you think they dump their shit into their home 
yeah. <laughs> literal shit. I want to know if they were there before Hogwarts, like, I'm has sure there been a murder? Oh, God, yeah. Well, I'm how sure else would they, they get there? Because, like, in the other part is she goes to an extreme length to, like, describe their statue that they carved as, like, crudely carved out statue. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, like, they've had thousands of years. I'm sure their statue looks just the fucking way they want it to. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Yeah. I am going to. I am going to put the brakes on this yeah. conversation. I think we've made our point very clearly. And I think we continue to make this point very clearly throughout the entirety of this book series. Yes. If you're writing like humanoid races with humanoid intelligence, you have to treat them with like humanoid respect, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that halfway. And that's, that's that. So finally with the sharp rock, Harry gets Ron and Gabrielle and he starts swimming away. <laughs> Let's rate Harry getting his friends away and swimming away. Let's rate him on his not not the top part yet. We'll rate that separately. But like the the getting them out of that situation scale of one to ten. Andrew is is this rating him for sticking around the whole time? Essentially, is that what we're going for? It's up to you. It's your own interpretation. Okay, because I'm going to give him a six only because I probably would have made the same stupid decision at that age. And like, yeah. honestly thought like, well, they're, they're not going to keep up. I'm going to make sure that everyone gets free. So like, I understand, but it's mm -hmm. still a dumb move. And like, you know, you only have a certain amount of time and you don't know how long that gillyweed's going to last. So like, honestly, really? you really shouldn't have stuck around at all. But so like, I'm going to give him the six just because it all works out in the end. And For knowing, sheer dumb luck. Basically, yeah, I'm going to give him like, instead of a gentleman C, I'm going to give him a McGonagall six. Like <laughs> for sheer dumb luck, you're going to, okay. you're going to pass. Okay. Taylor, what about you? Yeah, I'd put him around a five for similar reasons. I think for me personally, uh, I, Listeners, you might know that I have approximately a billion siblings. Yeah, I've counted once and it was one billion. It was it was approximately it's it's like fourteen or fifteen. I don't know. I lost track. Um, but anyhow, like if it were one of my sisters, I think I would have grabbed her and gone mm. because I would have been like, "Fuck, this is my sister." If it was one of my friends, not that I don't love you all, I think I would have I would have done what Harry did and stuck around more. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, okay, I feel like we're similar ages. Like we can, we will, we'll figure it out. But if I was like Floor and it was my younger sister, fuck yeah, I would have grabbed her and been out of there. I give him a five just for he completes the t like he completed the task. He he got all the way there. He got Ron free. He just has an extra baggage along with. I don't think it's unreasonable that Harry is like these people are going to die if I don't rescue them. Because, like, Hermione and Ron are like, how could you think that they would die just because they weren't rescued? That's crazy. But, like, Harry, I mean, this school is is absolutely bananas. Yes. <laughs> you can't blame Harry for assuming that they might willingly sacrifice a few lives to the merfolk. Like... They're willingly sacrificing Harry to the Triwizard Tournament against his consent so so oh i'll give him a uh, a six as well for sheer dumb luck so without hands because he's holding 
Gabrielle and Ron, he's like swimming to the top with just his like flipper feet and the mer people are following him. I guess because he's the last one. I guess they were going to fall in no matter what. The lake's like lightning, but he's like really running out of strength. He's cutting it pretty close, like maybe only as close as maybe like a protagonist could survive this if because we really need them for the story. We we all agree that there is no chance in hell he is swimming straight up. Like he's definitely still swimming at an angle, right? Like Harry's that type of special (laughs) idiot that like would still be like, I can make it. Like he's at an angle. It's like, bro, you're like 10 feet below the water. Just like aim up. Just straight up. Um, <laughs> it might be harder for him to swim straight up with the finned feet and also dragging two people. Mm. So, like, it, it genuinely might be harder for him to propel at an angle. Although, if he had regular feet and wasn't carrying people, yes. But I, I don't know. I think there might be some physics involved that I don't understand because I don't science. I mean, I would definitely go straight to the light and my dumb ass would probably drown. Well, I mean, straight to the lights the way you need to go, though. Like, straight. Uh, I've been snorkeling. Like, when you when you have, like, flippers on, it, it like, swimming straight isn't any more difficult. Oh, no, I'm just saying I would probably drown no matter what. If oh, I, yeah. If no, I, I, I personally were in the At 14? Yeah, I'm fucking up. I'm, and done. I'm dead. I try to steal the spear, and I end up getting killed by the Murph. <laughs> you get bobbed. <laughs> so he doesn't drown. He doesn't die. Harry Potter finally makes it to the surface. And Ron is like, you stupid prat. Like, why did you bring this bitch? Basically, like immediately before we were even sure he's conscious. He's saying these things to us. (laughs) Ron's like, oh, you always bring other people to our special moments. Okay, that's fine. Okay, let's this might be our final rating. I'm not sure. Let's rate his ascent from the mer people to the surface. Taylor. I'll give him a six once again for that luck aspect. He just made it. But I I, I give him a six because, I mean, once again, that endurance, like, the, I'm sure adrenaline was the only thing getting him mm, through. Yeah. And imagine, actually, I'll pose this question at the end. Okay. Save it for later. Put it in your pocket. Don't forget about it. Andrew, what what's your rating for his ascent? I like I said I I have nothing canonically to support this but I just imagine that he's just trying to main character it out and is swimming at like a 45 degree angle and it's like <laughs> dramatically trying to reach up. I I'm going to give him the 5 cuz he makes it but like I just know he's doing it wrong. Mm, and I okay. can't explain that but I just know <laughs> in my bones that That's he's valid. doing it wrong. That's valid. I'll give him an 8 for not dying. Congrats. Good job, buddy. (laughs) So they're like swimming to shore. Percy comes splashing out to meet them. It's kind of cute. He's kind of worried. He's very cold. It's the only time in this entire fucking series that I like Percy. The rest of the time I think he can die. He he does like have just a couple moments like this of babying his siblings and it's adorable. Oh, and then there's the moment when he blushed because because he was talking about Penelope Clearwater. That was a humanizing moment. Mm Mm-hmm. So Fleur Delacour shares that she was attacked by Grindelos on the way down. I forgot that we do need to rank, rate, not rank. We need to rate her performance on a scale of one to 10. Andrew? Uh, I'm going to give her like a two. 
because this girl <laughs> badmouths Harry talking about how he is too young, which like she's right, but like okay, you he had the same problem and he did fine, right? And you encountered that problem and it ended your quest for your Gabrielle. So like, I, I can't I can't reward that. She gets like a two. Okay, Taylor, what about you? I'll give her a three because it sounds like her charm was successful enough to like function underwater and everything and get her to that point. But then yeah, like she does she doesn't succeed in any task beyond that. And but I also wonder like how in that situation does the bubble head could it pop? Like mm. the Grindelows could pose a really serious issue when it comes to Whoa. a bubble around your goddamn head. So okay. I, I don't and that also brings me to another thing. It's dark under the lake. Like, you you get a few feet down and light's gone because that's how water works. Mm-hmm. Obviously, sharks can see underwater, so Victor's prom is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume something with the gillyweed would probably help Harry see. Yeah. But does the bubblehead charm help either Cedric or Floor? We don't know of any other illumination or it's not mentioned that there's anything special going on with Cedric when he gets yeah. down there. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that there's a thermal property at work as well, like the yeah. temperature gauge. I think it's probably like the gillyweed. It's the magical package. Like if you do yeah. the bubble charm, you get everything. Yeah, uh, that was just something I just I literally just thought of. So, uh, yeah, three. Um, yeah, I'm going to give her four. I think that it's right to cut it in half if she like does it right, but doesn't get it done. Four out of ten for Flair. So, Madame Pomfrey is, like, uh, all over everyone, giving them pepper-up potions to warm them up and wrapping them up like burritos. Like burritos. Has anyone else in- gotten incredibly jealous of pepper-up potion? That yeah, it sounds amazing. great, but it's kind of like a hot toddy. <laughs> but, like, I just imagine that the steam coming out of your ears has to, like, be so refreshing. Yeah, and maybe if it comes out of your nose a little bit, too. Oh yeah, if it like clears out all your sinuses. Mm. I was oh. like, do you do you think like if you had like an earwax blockage, like that that'll <coughs> just like <laughs> mm. the gross side of pepper up potion that everyone just agrees <laughs> no, it's not hot. to talk about. It's hot. A- Andrew Blast and I went on daddy. two separate directions. Andrew went on like the soothing one, and I was just like, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing though. Like that's what I'm talking about is clearing just out everything, everything is clear. Like, oh. All right, that's quite enough. Hermione has a water beetle in her hair. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, I don't know. Why are these beetles showing up? Oh, no. That's Rita Skeeter getting a nat 20 on her stealth check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, say she is in my top three least favorite characters up there with Percy. Uh, I will add. I don't know why my dumb brain was like Percy Jackson. Yes, Percy Jackson. How dare he's, you? He's the worst character of the Harry Potter series. My brain is so dumb. <laughs> Mainly for his lack of doing anything. God, I would take Percy over Harry a hundred times. M- mostly out of his lack of, you know, ex- existing. That's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you got to give it to her. Her, her stealth. Yeah. like. It's incredible. She's she's very creative with how she gets her shit done. Mm-hmm. Is it terrible? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But she gave her terribly credit. effective. Oh. Uh, okay. So next, uh, so next <laughs> in the chapter, Flora Delacour kisses Harry and Ron on the cheeks. I'm gonna give these kisses. I'm gonna give Harry's kiss a 
a, a three out of out of ten, and I'm gonna give Ron's a two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't feel like I need to explain myself. <laughs> no, it's score time though, and Dumbledore's like chatting with the Mer people, and the Mer people are like, "Here's what happened." Most Dumbledore move of all time: just casually flex your ability to speak Mer people. Right at the side of Mermish, a lake, like, it's Mermish. Mermish. Just walking down, like, excuse me, really quick. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. So he, the judges deliberate, and then it's decision time. So here's what the scores were. Out of all of our ratings, here's the professionals' opinion. It's points out of fifty. Fleur Delacour got a 25 out of 50. I wrote in my notes DNF. That's what us book people say when we can't finish a book. That's a DNF did did not finish. It's probably another stuff too like sports. I was going to say, like, uh, if you watch the Olympics happening right now, uh, that comes up a lot. If they It's for books only. Um, Cedric Diggory, 47 out of 50. He got back one minute late, but everything else was perfect. I think he should have gotten a straight up a 49 out of 50 for one minute late. Well, and there's also the argument of, like, if he comes back first, then he sets the time, right? Like he No, is the, they had a time. They had a one They had a time, time limit, limit, but if everyone misses the time limit, that's a symbol of a bad time limit, not a necessarily a... Wow, bad. that is not how this world works. It's wizards, dude. <laughs> okay, Victor Crumb got a 40 out of 50. He did some kind of incomplete but effective transfiguration, and he was, like, kind of well outside the time limit. Yeah, once again, you take three points off for the first minute, and then the next set of minutes is like, what, one point each? I guess. Two hours or so? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. So Harry gets a 45 out of 50 for, get this, moral fiber, (laughs) because he didn't want to leave the other hostages. Does this chapter ever use the word hostages? But they are hostages. Oh no! It says literally right in that yeah. okay, good. in there okay, um, good. that Mister Potter was first to reach the hostages. And okay, that's good. Way. I don't keep my book in front of me because it's too big, and I actually tried to this episode, and halfway through the episode, it fell down to the floor because um, it's really heavy, and I'm definitely gonna edit that out. Um, but I did try my best. So Harry and Cedric are now tied with these completely arbitrary points. Are they are arbitrarily tied? For what? Who knows? Find out later. <laughs> Find out later. Find out on June 24th. This whole thing is just who- dangerous. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I have to see if June 24th. Oh, it's a Friday. That's okay. Can't have everything. <laughs> Can't release that episode on June 24th. It would never happen. You could drop it early. I actually think we'll be done with the book by then. Oh, yeah. I think we'll be yeah. way done with the book by then. Yeah, because we're starting some bonus content on june 1st okay but my birthday that's a spoiler that is your birthday everything is everything's a birthday yay everything's a birthday (laughs) everything's a birthday when you have a lot of friends when you have enough friends (laughs) (laughs) every day's a birthday every day's a birthday when you have enough friends though it do feel that way so that's the end of the chapter. Taylor, is there anything that we missed or any themes you want to drive home or favorite moments you want to highlight before we move on to plugs? Oh, I'm going to pose my question. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. How do you think this would have played out? Not not even if Harry had figured out the answer earlier. Say he still only found out about the gillyweed the day of. But if he had a good night's rest, 
Do you think he would have made a different decision when he got down there? No, I don't think no. he would have. I think he would have done the exact same thing. He is not Batman. Preparation doesn't matter too much for Harry Potter. I think if he'd had like a week to prepare or even like a day, like two days maybe to prepare, I think he could have come up with like a lot of different things to do to make it easier for him. The, the biggest thing he could have done that would have changed his score is if he Aspen. had enough time that one of his friends would be like, by the way, you know, just to grab one, right? Like, don't wait around if you get down there and everyone else is still there. You're not going to do that, right, Harry? <laughs> what, or like, what if he had had time to come up with a better outfit? <laughs> like an air, like an air, not aerodynamic. What's the word? Like a wetsuit. Hydrodynamic. Yeah. I'm very smart. A wetsuit. Hydrodynamic. <laughs> Taylor, what do you think? If he was well rested, how do you think it would have changed? I, I, I don't, I think that like his decision at that point would be the same. But I think he would have fought harder to get them out from the Mer people sooner. Yeah, he does just kind of sit there like an idiot. That's he's having a little nap. <laughs> he's tired. Yeah. Power yeah, I'm nap. Just going to float with my eyes open for thirty seconds. He's in um. What are those like um those oh, like the tanks uh, the uh like sensory deprivation, deprivation tanks? Tank? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just at the bottom of the lake trying to chill before finals, man. <laughs> Like you do. <laughs> Andrew, did you have any final thoughts or anything else? No. He's just... Okay, good. No. No, it's okay. <laughs> We've been talking for a long time. This was the second task. We did it. Um, This was our 100th episode. Woo! Confetti. Congratulations, Tina. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I... <laughs> Someone <laughs> in the background like, oh, you don't have to make a speech for this. And I'm like, no, no, I do. I feel like I have some words to say. I just fucking love this podcast. I love hosting this podcast. I love all of the friends that I get to talk to all the time through this podcast and all the friends I met through this podcast. And I love you, each and every one of our beloved listeners, because you're the only reason. <laughs> you're the, I mean, you're the only reason. I mean, who who would make a podcast for no one to listen to? So we're eternally grateful for you. And thank you to everyone who's listening and participating for being around for up to 100 episodes and uh we do have at least 100 more to go for sure um like i mentioned we'll be doing this podcast until 2025 2025 this is my identity um (laughs) and i love it i think i speak for everyone christina when i say you're welcome and we're going to go right now to sign up on patreon.com and become a patron of the restricted section. That is a great transition into plugs because y'all know I always plug the Patreon first. And February's bonus episode um, covered the movie Horns, starring Daniel, starring da- Daniel Radcliffe, and it's uh, a really great movie and a really great episode. So I do recommend checking out our Patreon as a non-joke. Now this is real. Check out the Patreon, Taylor. Where can people find you? Where can people listen to you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Taylor from Kevin Six on Instagram and Historical Fem F E M M E on Twitter. Uh, I posted twice, or I guess it's called tweeted uh, on Twitter <laughs> okay. recently. You can stop now. <laughs> Quit while you're it, behind. Babe. You, you, you guys. I don't, I don't social media a lot, but occasionally I come on to talk about Bo Burnham's inside. <laughs> it's mostly what I tweet about. It's, it's your whole personality. It, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, you can hear me on Of the Eldest Gods, uh, that is Of the Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and Of the Eldest Gods on Twitter. 
we we are finishing up book two, Sea of Monsters. Yeah. And Tina was on this this season. Uh, Le- Leela will be on coming up. And Grace, right? Grace, Sam, mm-hmm. all of your favorites from the Movie Night Crew Network. Except Andrew. Come on, Taylor. <laughs> I've never been invited. Andrew, I told you you're my dad's favorite, right? I, really? Yeah, he was like, you know who my favorite person is on the podcast? And I was like, me? And he was like, nah, what's that girl's name? And I was like, which one? And he described her and I was like, that's Haley. And he was like, Haley's my favorite one. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he was like, and that guy. And I was like, well, that could only be Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he was like, yeah, Andrew, he's so sharp. And I was like, okay, do you have any compliments for me, your daughter? But no. <laughs> Andrew, have you read the Percy Jackson books? I no. actually have. Oh, what, you have? <laughs> We thought you hadn't. That's why we. How many? There's like five, right? Five. Yeah, in the first series. Yeah. I think I've read all five. I'm pretty sure. But it, oh, in all fairness, it was a while ago, so I would have to like, kind of, you know, yeah. But no, I, I definitely, I'm very familiar with the series. I will say I that's why that. that's why we didn't ask you because we didn't think you had. I was actually like completely sure you hadn't. Who are you? In fact, this is going to be the really fun part. I started reading them because when we first met in college, you were like, hey, have you ever read this series? And I was like, no. And you were like, well, you would probably like it. And so you're I can't believe I recommended that. that to people. Yeah. At least that's <laughs> what I remember really, it. Maybe it's I'm not wrong. like my go-to recommendation. Well, I but think we, we, had, we had talked about like, we had like crossed off the list and you were like, you read that, that, that. And that. How about this? Well, because as a reminder, I met Andrew because our mutual friend Kyle was like, Christina, I work with a guy who likes Lord of the Rings. You're going to love him. I'm bringing him to the party tonight. <laughs> And that's turned into like a, a, what, like a eight? Six, seven, something six, like Six, seven year friendship. Something like that, yeah. Uh, you put up with me for a while. It's got to be longer than that. Um, No, well. Because it was when y'all like were in college, right? Well, it was like your second to last year and my last year. I've been with Sean for six years and I have known you for longer than that. It's probably seven and a half to eight then, yeah. A strong I was gonna say years. it has to have been longer because yeah. you guys were in college. My on I'm gonna scroll back up to the beginning of the episode, which was like three pages of notes ago. Um, scroll back, scroll back. My true blue best good buddy Andrew. Andrew, we always get drunk at parties and like hold each other and talk about how glad we are to be friends. Mm-hmm. We reassure each other, like I think we're best friends. You're like I think we are. <laughs> that happened last weekend, and it's gonna happen next week. Undoubtedly, baby. You can <laughs> wait, watch by. wait, wait. Wait, can I join? Can yeah, it just be the absolutely. three of us on the Hop couch? The like, I, I don't know. See, Tina and I, we're not known for like being touchy-feely when we're <laughs> drunk. So it's you co- might get some COVID. opposition. It's COVID. We don't touch and feel anything. Ah, uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, so that that's where you can find me. That's of the Eldest Gods. Uh, uh, I will be seeing Tina and Andrew uh, in our time this coming weekend, in your time the past weekend. Uh, my plug. Um we we started watching Murderville on Netflix. Uh, the Will Arnett it's Will Arnett yeah. is a murdered a homicide detective, and he's paired with random celebrities to figure out the murder. I did plug that I think just last week. Oh, it's, I didn't it's very the episode. funny. It's okay, okay. You're not being quizzed. No, I will plug something else, and you can just scrap that. Um, you know what? I'm gonna plug the same thing I plugged the first time I was ever on the show. Wow. Throwing it back. Throw, throwing back to whatever chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban that was. All I know was we talked about ice cream and Andrew was here too. 
I just like, uh, first of all, it was you're on two chapters, Leaky Cauldron, and that's the one you're talking about, and also the Patronus. And I accident, I like accidentally do that all the time, where the same guests will come on twice, and I'll put them with the exact same other co-host. Uh, and I think it's just because I have like feelings oh. about how people should get along, you know. And I'm like, this is a good group, you know. Oh fuck! Yeah, this is my fourth episode on. It's actually your fifth if you include of the eldest wizards oh, from over the yes. summer. Wait, does that mean you're the I most guested? I won. Most for now. guested, yeah, for sure. For now. Unless you count Leela, who started as a guest and then wiggled her way into my heart and is now here forever. Uh, so I'm going to plug A Black Woman's History of the United States. It Ooh, is. I can, um, I can second this plug. Uh, it is our uh, movie night crew network for book club. Um, it's by Dana Ramey Berry. And Wait, Ellen. how can people get access to our book club just if they want to uh, know? You have to be a patron or tell me you love me so much and I might add you just because. That's patreon.com. <laughs> no, those are both valid options. And you can uh, get access to that through any of the network's Patreons. So that would be a, a restricted section of the Eldest Gods or My Cabbages. Um, and I am leading this month. This month is more of a reflection because we are reading this book. Um, if you don't remember from the first time I was on, it's essentially a pretty, it, it's a book that goes, takes these primary like eras of American history and looks at them from the lens of black women, uh, rather than just the specific white man narrative, um, that we get all the time. And it's part of a history, uh, a series called Revisioning History with a capital V, like the, the idea that we really should be looking at history from multiple lenses, not rewriting it because that's what people think it is and no it's just you know other people exist i don't know i'm pretty sure it was just white people like me and white men like um anyway uh... um anyway i'm (laughs) i'm listening to the audiobook of it because i have trouble reading nonfiction, and i'm really good at learning stuff auditorily like podcasts so taylor you mentioned this earlier in the discord it does feel like a podcast as i'm listening to it so i I think either of those options whichever works best for you are super good because this book has just a lot of good stories that are good to know you know Mm -hmm. yeah and uh the book club is fun we meet once a month but we talk all throughout the month um this month like i said is more about reflection but normally they're they're much more fun um project hail mary being probably the most that was extremely fun um since we started in august but yeah come join us oh great um it's my turn i'm christina you know where to find me and oh andrew no it's your turn andrew i'm sorry i was panicking because i was reading and i was like oh no what do i do next (laughs) andrew but you don't even want to be found on the internet so what do you have to plug this month what have you been watching reading listening to so i recently got paramount plus finally um, I actually always used to joke about it for a long time, but finally I was like, well, I guess I'll go ahead and try it. I'll be honest. I didn't realize this would happen, but it has Smithsonian channel, which is basically oh. like for people my age, it's basically what history channel and what used to be called national geographic channel. It's what that was before American pickers Aliens. and before like everything being about local, like house cats and stuff which is fine but that's not you know it's not like the african savannah and stuff like that yeah they definitely don't need any more local house cat content in my life yeah you've got you've got plenty of that going on for you so like i i highly recommend checking it out i've been absolutely demolishing uh star trek discovery i'm a huge star trek nerd and so i hadn't checked that one out and it's like four seasons deep and i think i'm already like a season and a half in 
But yeah, so Paramount Plus in general, though, is is definitely my recommendation. And if you like any of the old Nick shit. Yes, that's it's all, all on there. there we well. were watching yeah. Chalk Zone wow. the other day. So oh my like, god, that's awesome. All of SpongeBob's on there and stuff. Yeah, I've been watching SpongeBob on something else recently. Something com- else completely legal and. Fine. No, I think it is actually legal, and all everything that I, everything I do is legal. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. of course. Um, my name's Christina. You know where to find me. This week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend. Oh, I've been watching um. On Netflix, Inventing Anna. Mm. It's like an expose TV show based on a true story about this. It's basically like the plot of Catch Me If You Can, but it's like this cool gal. It's a girl, so it's better, even though I love Leo. Um, but it's basically that, like someone who faked it until she makes it, until she didn't make it anymore. You know dun, what I mean? Dun, dun. <laughs> well, stakes yeah. have been established, so now I'm <laughs> Yeah, that's Inventing Anna on Netflix. Wow, here we are at the end of our show. We've only been recording for over two hours. Taylor, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to you, and happy fucking birthday, babe. Oh, it'll be so enjoyable. Uh, Joe better have gotten me my cake like I wanted. Mm. That's the only thing I asked for was a cake. What else do you need, truly? Yeah, really. I just want to like eat my cake in peace. I just <laughs> want one $700 custom cake. That's all I'm asking. Gold ask flakes. Yes. And Andrew, thank you as always for being my trusty co-pilot. It is always my pleasure. I need to look up words that are synonyms to co-pilot because I think I always say co-pilot. But confidant. My confidant, my comrade. My consigliere. <laughs> <laughs> they all start with the letter C. I have a student who comes in every day and he's always like, good morning, comrades. And that's how he greets us every day. Oh, I had a weird little so- like socialist phase too. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> some of us might still be. I was like, no, some some of us didn't leave. All right, gang. All right, gang. I have to go finish reading. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start. Um, I have to go finish reading. Um, old and forgotten bewitchments and charms. I have to go finish reading weird weird wizarding dilemmas and their solutions. Madcap Magic for Wacky Warlocks, uh, an anthology of 18th century charms, dreadful denizens of the deep, powers you never knew you had and what to do with them now that you've wised up. Um, is that it or is there another book name in this? Um, that might be it. There was a lot of good book titles in this chapter. <laughs> so listeners, uh, pick your own and figure out which one went for you. Yeah, what works for you? Um, oh, wait. Uh, wait, I, how could I miss this one? Saucy tricks for tricky sorts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Okay, Um. bye. The Restricted section is honored to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features other excellent podcasts such as Of the Eldest Gods. Two friends question if Rick Reardon is truly their godly parent while rereading the books that changed their childhoods. From the Greeks to the Romans to the Egyptians to the Norse, Of the Eldest Gods lets them take their adult imaginations on a ride across the Percy Jackson series and beyond. If you're listening to this, you also ignored the warnings of reading the Percy Jackson books. Now that the monsters are after you, it'd be a good idea to come to Camp Half-Blood. But more importantly than that, you should listen to Of the Eldest Gods, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast. Join us as we talk about some semi-fucked-up history and mythology relating to each chapter. 
as we reread the original Percy Jackson series again while trying to stay spoiler-free. Or so help us, Zeus may curse the pod again. Episodes out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Dun, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, da. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.